Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we can learn your word together. Our church, Lord, love your word, and we want to be transformed by your word. We believe, Lord, your word will renew our mind so that we can have the mind of Christ, and we can put your word into practice. You say in the Bible, Lord, that when we know your commandments, when we meditate on it day and night, and walk in it every single day, we shall make our way prosper and we shall be successful. You say in the Bible, Lord, when we keep your stature and do what you say, you shall be our doctors. You shall take away the diseases that you put on the Egyptians and you shall heal us, Lord. We believe your word is the medicine, is the health to our life. If we incline our ear, to hear your word, and we keep it in the midst of our heart, and don't let them depart from our eyes. There will be medicine, will be health to our flesh, and we will be healthy and strong, Father. Therefore, we welcome your word today. Lord, we will not play any text message on the phone. We will not look in the website on the phone, but we're going to stay focused. We're going to honor your word today, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today we will continue the second portion of the teaching called Brotherly Love, one of the keys to make us fruitful. I'd like to read the text first of this series of teaching called Fruitfulness. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2, the Bible says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the white dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. God wants us to be fruitful. When I perform surgery at the hospital, we spend time about maybe six to eight hours in the operating room. So during surgery time, People talk, the nurses talk, the anesthesiologists talk, the scrub nurses talk. And one of the most common conversation is where I'm going to spend my vacation. I have a vacation home. How I'm going to save to retire? How I'm going to enjoy life? I work so hard. I go to school. I want to buy that house. I repair my house. I take care of my garden. All the conversation in the operating room is about how I can enjoy life. And there is no conversation about how I can leave the legacy and the spiritual heritage to the next generation and how I can live this life to impact our generation and the next generation to come. All the conversation is about my fun, my vacation, and my employment, and my house, and my garden. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just telling you that this is the way people live on earth here. I'm not attacking anybody. Don't take me wrong. It's normal human being talk about me and mine. I was speaking to the Lord. Lord, when I die one day, we're all going to get old. One day we're going to get to 80 years old, 90 years old, 100 years old. And one day we will leave this world. 
All of us, no exception in this room. I pray, O oh Lord, the memory of my kids will be that that dad not only provide for them, but that dad leave the spiritual legacy that my children will grow up to love the Lord. And not only that, the memory of my children and my wife and people around me will be saying that this man has done the best. He has run his race, finished the course, and he has done so much to the body of Christ. I'm not going to leave this world nothing, but I will be fruitful before I die. And I was praying God, the members of this church will do the same thing, that they will not just live for their business. They will not just live their life day by day for the income, the business, their nice car, their nice home, their nice garden. But they will set aside the time to meet people, to evangelize, to make disciples, to build the church, to do something that will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. And that day, when you have a memorial service for your life, your friend all will come, and your Christian friend, your non-Christian friend come and see, review the life that you live on earth here. They will all say, wow, this man or this woman, he did or she did not live for himself or herself, but he has left many good things behind, and all of us remember him and her. Amen? I'd like to encourage all of you to live that kind of lifestyle. Live for God. Live your life to be fruitful on earth here. And one day when you go to heaven, you will have rewards. And not only that, you leave something good for the next generation. Your kids, your friend, the next generation will be blessed because of you. Make a decision, brother and sister, that you will not just live day by day for your paycheck. You will not just go to church on Sunday and say, I have fulfilled my duty as a good Christian to go to church on Sunday. But be fruitful every day. Maybe call somebody up. Maybe encourage somebody. Maybe sit down and pray for your pastor. Bless your children. Bless your wife. Bless your husband. Do good to your husband. Do good to your wife. Do anything that will make your family and your neighbors and your colleagues at work or your friend at school to love God and to come to know the Lord. Amen? Make a decision today to live that way, not waste your life away. You have short time in this world. Days in, in this world are short. We don't have much time on earth. Let's make it count. Let's make our life fruitful on earth right now until the last day of our life. Amen? That's what I want to encourage all of you. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 to 8, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence and add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and about, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are seven things in this passage of the scripture that we should add to our life in a diligent way. And if we have all these seven things, we shall be fruitful on earth here. We talked about brotherly love last Sunday. I want to review a little bit. Brotherly love will make us fruitful. Because Jesus said in the Bible that if we love one another, what happened? The world will know that we are disciples. Do you know that everyone on earth here is looking for love, looking to be loved, to be accepted, to have a group of people who will be committed to them, to love them, to be loyal to them. 
and if they come into contact with Christians who love one another, practice brotherly love, they want to join in. They want to know Jesus. But if they see the Christians are quarreling, fighting, hating each other, they don't want to be there. They don't want to accept Jesus Christ. Loving one another in the church, in the body of Christ, is the best way to demonstrate who God is. God is love. How can people see God? I never seen God in my life. I have never seen Jesus. But I see Jesus through you when you love one another. We will represent Jesus on earth when we love one another. The most powerful testimony of Christian church is not speaking in tongue, is not healing the sick, is not casting out demons, is not beautiful carpet, is not a beautiful building, but the love in the church. Therefore, brotherly love is very important. We already established some foundation last Sunday. That if we're going to show brotherly love, it means that we have brothers and sisters in Christ. Some people are in the family of God, and many people are not. In the world, there are only two spiritual families and two spiritual fathers. One of the families is the spiritual family of God. And God, the Creator, is our Father. And another family is the family of Satan. Satan is the father of lies. And he is the father of the people who don't know God. In John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of your father. God, Jesus was speaking to the religious leader. This religious Jewish reader thought that they would go to heaven, thought that because they know the Torah and the Old Testament and they know the law of Moses and they practice all those laws, Jesus said, you're not going to heaven just because your ancestor is Abraham. How do we know that we are the children of God and brother and sister together. Let's look at what Jesus said about another father. John chapter 8, verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. You can see here that Satan is a father of those who reject God. I choose to be a son of God. I don't want to be a son of the devil who lies and who deceives, who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The devil knows only how to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life. I'd rather choose Jesus' side. Amen? And we established some foundation last Sunday that a lot of people think that they can be saved, they can be a child of God and go to heaven for two reasons. And those two reasons are wrong. The first one is that they quote that who they are naturally. My dad is Abraham. I am a Jewish man, therefore I need to go to heaven. All because my grandfather is a great pastor of a big church. They quote their nationality, their language, their skin color to go to heaven. And Jesus tried to say in the Bible, those things will not help you to go to heaven at all. Actually, one time when the brothers and the mom of Jesus came to a meeting where Jesus was preaching, and people say, Jesus, your mom and your brothers are here looking for you. And Jesus answered to them in the book of Mark chapter 3. He said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my 
mother. So when you are born in the same family, it doesn't mean that I'm talking about natural family. It doesn't mean that you are brother and sister in Christ. Only when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and you repent of your sin and start a new life, you are a born again Christian. Then you join the family of God. The second way people think that they can go to heaven is by what they do, their works of good deeds. Definitely, we need to do good works. But good works alone are not going to take us to go to heaven, because even though you do all the good, you are not perfect enough to enter heaven. Heaven is a perfect place. No sin, no mistake. Even one mistake in your life, you cannot get to heaven. I don't know about you. I used to lie. I'm not a perfect man. I may hate somebody. I may talk bad about somebody. I sin every single day, and I need to repent every single day and ask God for forgiveness because I'm a human being. I'm not Jesus yet. Therefore, there's no way I can go to heaven by my own goodness. I need to receive forgiveness of God. Amen. No good work can take you to heaven. Now we're gonna see how we can love one another in the church with the brotherly love. Let me read some scripture here in First Corinthians chapter five, verses nine to thirteen. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. Not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourself this evil person. I know this scripture is quite strong. But what Paul tried to say is that there are people who are inside and people who are outside. When we say outside, I'm not talking about the building here. I'm talking about outside the family of God. Those who reject God, those who don't want to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and because they are sinners. It's normal for them to commit sexual immorality, watching pornography, doing bad stuff, cheating, corruption, speak evil, speak deceit and lies. It's normal for sinners to sin. And Paul said that if we don't talk to these people, the only way we need to do is to go out of this world because out there we still need to talk to people who are not believers, who are still living in sin, and we need to love them. We need to do good to them. We need to forgive them, and we cannot avoid them because we are living in this sinful world. And Paul said that it's not our right to judge those people. We are not there as Christians to point finger to them and say, "You are bad. I'm good. You are bad. I'm good." Paul said, "Only person that can judge them is God. We have no right to judge anybody outside the church. But when you join into the family of God." And you claim to be a Christian, and you claim that you are born again, but you're still living in immorality and sin and gossiping and cheating and living in immorality. Then the church have the right to judge you and to say you must stop and you must not go on that sin. So we have to deal with people in the church 
In other words, we deal with people in our own family. We don't go out putting up the paper and on the street and attack the government and attack this and attack that. We deal with people in our own church, and we are not out there to judge anybody. That's what the Bible tries to say. And the Bible says, if they don't repent, we need to tell them we cannot associate with you to make a discipline so that they will repent. That's what Paul tried to say. Amen. Let's read more. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? When Jesus come back, we will sit on the throne. Not now. When Jesus come back to rule and reign for 1,000 years, we will sit on the throne with Jesus and we will judge the world, judge sinner with Jesus on the throne. And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more mean the fallen angels? We will judge Satan and all the fallen angels. How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are at least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? So this Bible talk about brotherly love here. That if we have any issue in the church, we should not drag our brother and sister to the court to let the unjust or unrighteous judge to judge our brother and sister. Amen. The first thing we should do is to resolve the problem inside the church. If somebody cheat you money in the church, God say that don't go to the court and the police and arrest that person and take him to jail. Let's deal inside the church. You talk to that person one-on-one -on -one first. Say, you cheat me money. Could you please return money to me? And if that person doesn't listen, Matthew chapter 18 say, you bring your elders and pastor, two or three witnesses, and deal with that person. And if that person doesn't repent, then you say, you are a heathen now, and we need to ask you to leave the church because you come in to destroy the church, to get money from everybody, and you don't return money. Or maybe come in to flirt with women, to touch women, to do all this sexual immorality. Then we have to ask them to leave the church if they don't repent. So God say, let us deal with the matter in the church, inside the church. Don't drag people to the unrighteous judge and sue one another in the church. Amen? So we don't want to practice suing each other in the local church. And look at verses 6 to 8. But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now, therefore, listen, we're going to come to the practical point. Therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Paul wrote this letter to correct the carnal Christian in the church of Corinth that they sue each other to take their brothers to the court outside the church. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? No, you yourself do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brother. This scripture has two meanings here. Before I go on to explain the scripture. If you are spiritually mature, you will walk in love. The Bible says, faith, love, and hope. 
and love is the most important. Our Christian life is about faith, love, and hope. It's not about hatred, selfishness, and doubt and unbelief. We talk about faith. We talk about love. So if you love God, you have faith in God. You trust God. Is that right? Listen carefully. You trust God that God is your provider. Everyone say, "I can trust God." That God is my provider. If somebody cheat you one popsicle, you can get three more popsicles of different flavor from God. You don't need to drag that person to court because that person steal your popsicle from your table. Faith. God is your provider. So, what Paul tried to say here is that if somebody take advantage of you in the church, should you forgive? Yes. Should you drag that person to court? No. Should you trust God that okay, I bless you, you cheat me, I bless you, but I'm gonna trust God that He will pay me back. I give you, I let you go. I will deal with you. I talk to you, but I'm not gonna drag you to court just because you cheat me. That's what the Bible tried to say. In other words, in the church. We will forgive one another when somebody do wrong toward us, say something wrong, maybe gossip about us, maybe borrows a book from us, borrow a tape from us and never return, or something like that. And we say, "Okay, God can give me another tape. God can give me another CD. I can go buy a new one. Not a big deal. God will provide for me. I'm not gonna get mad at you. I'm gonna love you, but I'm gonna correct you no matter what. I'm gonna tell you that you should not do this next time to another brother. That's one message." We walk by faith. We can get three more popsicles if somebody take one popsicle from us. Amen. Not only that, the Bible say, "Don't cheat and do wrong to one another." If we're gonna practice brotherly love and walk by faith, we need to believe that God is my provider. We don't come to church to make money. We don't come to church to do business toward one another. Yes, we do business. Because we love one another, I can come to you and say, "Can you help me to buy this?" And you get the commission. Yes, we can. But our attitude should not come to church that I look around who I can sell my stuff, so I can make a lot of money in this church, so that I can be rich and I can rip them off. I can borrow money and I will not pay them back. I can do anything to get rich in this church, and that is not brotherly love. Amen. I thank God for the businessmen in this church. That all the businessmen in the church never have this kind of mentality and practice in the church at all. I'm so thankful we have good people here. That people don't come here to do business and to try to rip people off in the church, and that is not brotherly love. You trust God. Maybe the brother will come to you and ask for help, and they want to pay you something. It's up to you whether you take it or not. But you are not there with the eyes. Look around. To get money from brothers and sisters, we need to help each other. Amen. This is not a place to make money or business. This is a family. Can you imagine if I get married, Pastor Da, and try to rip her off? Like just money, your inheritance from your dad, whatever I gonna get out of you. You think my marriage gonna last? It's not gonna last because I'm there to be selfish, to take everything from her. But I should live there to help. So brotherly love means that. We will not hurt one another in the church. We will not harm one another. We will not take advantage of one another in the church. But we decide to walk in love and in faith, trusting God that God will take care of us, and we're gonna grow up 
to be a spiritual mature Christian who will be a blessing when you walk into the church, when you go to the care group. Your mentality is, I'm here to look for opportunity to do good to my brother and sister. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to sow the seed of good works into you. I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to suck out of you. I'm not a sucker. I am a blesser. I'm going to bless you here. You can choose two ways of life. You're going to choose the life of low, low, low life. The low life is a sucker. Just suck everyone. Take Advantage over everybody. Bless me, please. Talk nice to me, please. Encourage me, please. If you live that kind of life, you're going to stay low for the rest of your life. But if you live a life of a higher plane, the plane of Jesus, bless people, give to people, encourage people, feed people. You're going to live a life of high plane, high level, and you will reap what you sow. As you help people, you receive help from people. You sow love to people, you will reap love when the time of needing love comes to you. You need to learn how to love people, not take advantage of people. Amen? You reap what you sow. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. The Bible says clearly, how can we know a person is a real Christian? Very simple, loving brothers. You can quote all the Bible. You can memorize Genesis to the book of Revelation. You can speak in tongue to me because tongue you can pretend to. You can sing beautiful Christian song. But God says you are not of God. You are of the devil. If you come to church and you hate people and you don't love people. The best hallmark of being a Christian is love. I will know that you really are true, a truly born again Christian when I see that you love your brother and sister. That's what the Bible says. How can we know a person is a child of the devil and a child of God? Loving brothers. Look at next word, verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Verses 12 to 14. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brother, if the world hates you. It's normal that the world hates us because we believe in Jesus. We know that we have passed from death to life. In other words, we know that our name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life. We know that we are born again. We are a new creation. We know that we go to heaven for sure. We are not going to go to hell. How do we know that? Because... We memorize the whole Bible because we practice all the Jewish law in the first five books of the Old Testament because we can quote all the Bible, because we graduate from Bible school, because I have a position of a pastor. How can we know that we are saved for sure? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Wow. Do you practice love to your brother and sister? You need to practice love. See your love in action. Amen? You are not saved just because your great-grandfather is a member of this church. You are not saved because you have a cross on your neck. 
because you have memorized all the scripture, or because you preach so well. People can preach because people are good in speaking, but you know you are safe for sure because you love your brothers and your sister in the church. Amen. You're not safe because of your culture, because of your age, because you speak Mandarin, or you speak Japanese, or you speak English. No. You are safe because you love your brother and sister. Verses 15 to 16, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our life for our brothers. The true love is giving. Jesus gave his life for us. How we can know that we love brother and sister? We give. We give our time. We give our money. We give our gifts, spiritual gifts. We give our energy to one another. Amen. And give it in honor and joyfully and gladly. Not out of duty. We're happy to give our time. We're happy to make a phone call. Open our home, feed people, cook and wash dishes. Carpet is dirty. That's okay. We give our life to one another. We need to practice the love that Jesus has as is to give our life to one another. That's how Jesus loved. Amen. Look at verses 19 to 21. We love him because he first loved us. If someone say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from God, that he who loves God must, not should, must love his brother also. Our church would not be a, called a Christian church or the church of Jesus Christ just because we have a nice building and a nice carpet and nice music here. How can we tell that this is a Christian church? We love one another. Amen? I'd like to read many scriptures from now on. I'm going to show you how we can show love to one another in the church. I'm going to continue to read, okay? Galatians 6.2 Carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Everyone say, carry each other's burden. Someone get into trouble, we go in and help. Carry each other's burden. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sin to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Everyone say, confess my sin to my brother. If we want to love one another, when we do wrong to somebody, go and say, Brother, I'm sorry I offend you that day. I speak too strong to you. I am not sensitive to you. Pray for one another. Do you pray for one another when you wake up? You pray for one another before you go to bed? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be heartened by sin's deceitfulness. Everyone say, encourage one another. When you meet each other in a church and care group, or call one another, just speak the word of encouragement. Amen? Encourage one another. Well, I'm so glad to see you today. Oh, you are so wonderful. Speak positive to one another. Bless one another with your words. Amen? Matthew 25, verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. In other words, you share with people when they are in need. 
they need clothes, you share clothes with them. When people don't have money to go to camp, you pay for the camp fee for them. You live a life of giving and sharing and helping each other. Yesterday, somebody gave me a recommendation that one of this year, maybe five years, three years from now, let's have a camp in Hawaii. And I say, oh, not everyone can afford. And the recommendations say that that let's give three years ahead so people can save money. And how about who cannot really afford? Oh, we can help each other, that so everyone can have a camp in Hawaii. This is just somebody's idea, not my idea. <clears throat> how many people think it's a good idea to have a revival service on the Waikiki Beach? Fire, 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 fire on the Waikiki Beach, and everyone fall under the power, and somebody jump into the water and swim in the water. <laughs> Hebrew chapter 13 verse 16 And do not forget to do good And to share with others We need to share our good things with other people Amen If another family is poorer Don't have any money to buy toys for their kids We buy, instead of buy one bicycle We buy two And give one bicycle to another family We should do good to one another Not to do bad to one another We don't rip one another off in the church Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Open our home. Invite people to come in, to eat, to talk, to pray, to have a care group. Practice hospitality. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. I hope you will put up with a little of my foolishness, but you are already doing that. In other words, Learn to know each other's weaknesses, strength, and character. And put up with one another. Bear with one another. In other words, we should not just criticize and say, this is your weakness, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Just learn to bear with one another and put up with one another. Everyone in this room has some weaknesses and some strength. I have weaknesses too. If you know me long enough, you will know that I have weaknesses that you need to put up with me. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Who comfort us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. What do we do? Comfort one another. Amen? 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Dear friend, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We need to love one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. We need to honor one another in the church. We should not look down when people come in, maybe speak with thick accent, could not understand English very well, and you say, who are you? From what country? I cannot understand you. You are not fitting here because you cannot talk like me. Don't discriminate people of other nationality or other culture. We should honor one another. Amen? So today we're going to eat Thai food. Let's honor Thai people. Amen? (laughs) Because your pastor is a Thai man. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. In other words, obey one another. I want to tell you right now, if I do anything wrong in this church, feel free to correct me anytime. Feel free to call me and say, Pastor Lau, can I talk to you personally? Don't correct me on the pulpit. Correct me personally and talk to me. I will repent. I guarantee I will not fight. I will obey you. If I do something wrong, and the same thing, if brother and sister correct each other, we should obey. 
and we should learn how to submit to one another. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, have the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. One in spirit and purpose. So when you join to the church, try to learn as much as you can what they believe, what is the doctrine, what is their goal, what is their vision. For example, our church believes in the fire of God. You should try to get to understand about the fire of God so that we can be in one spirit, one mind, one soul together. Don't come in and say, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. You do your own thing. That is not love. Love means flow together. I try to learn a lot about Pastor Da in the past 30 years because we marry, we live in the same house. I try to be one with her all the time. I just spend time trying to learn what she likes, what she doesn't like, so that we can be one in mind, in purpose together in the same family. The same thing in the church. We try to learn where we are going together, what we believe together. Amen. One mind and one spirit. That's how to show love to one another. First Corinthians 12, 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. When somebody suffers, you go and share the suffering. You're not deserting them. You just share the suffering. And if anyone prospers, you rejoice. You should not practice jealousy. Oh, he is doing well. Now pastor promote him to be worship leader. Oh, I don't like him anymore. How about me? That is carnality. You should rejoice that that person is promoted, prosperous, and get a raise. Or oh, God bless that person because we are brother and sister. If somebody is blessed, you are blessed too. Amen. Romans chapter 12 verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. When people are sad, we cry with them. When they are happy, we laugh with them. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. We need to teach one another and admonish one another. Amen. One of the difficult things in life is to correct people. I thank God that people correct me. Without correction, I would not be improved in my life. A person that correct me the most in my life beside God is my wife. Pastor Da, oh... She's so good. When I do something wrong, I will get it. She will come to me and tell me what I need to change. And I appreciate my wife. This is not funny, really. I thank God that she dared to correct me. And because we love each other, we should correct one another. Because we don't want our brother and sister to go downhill, to keep making mistakes and to be hated by somebody. If you make mistakes in this church and make a lot of people feel uncomfortable with you, because you make mistakes, I'm going to come and correct you. Because I want people to be around you, to like you. Amen? Correction is good. I have a sermon called Correction is Good. I haven't preached yet. Maybe I should preach one day. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. If we love one another, we should not lie to each other. We should speak truthfully to one another. Amen? Be truthful. Lies are not good. Let's look at Ephesians 5.19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So when we love one another, we come and we sing together. We worship God together. Amen? To bring the presence of God. Ephesians 4.15 the Bible says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We don't only speak the truth. You may come to your brother and say, I want to tell the truth right now to you. And I want to slap on your face as well. That is not love. 
If you're going to speak the truth, speak the truth in love. Amen. Husband and wife, you speak the truth to one another, but in love. Don't yell. Don't raise voice. Don't throw glasses to one another. Speak the truth in love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. Looking for opportunity to serve. Maybe when you park the car out there, you come out, you have only one Bible, and you see another lady come out with three kids, stroller, five bags, and you just walk in the church. I don't care. I mind my own business. No, you walk to her and say, Sister, can I help you maybe push the stroller, maybe carry some bag for you, serve one another. You walk into the church, you see somebody lonely, you go and serve. You can, can I talk to you, serve, sit with you? You love one another, you, you serve. Find a way to serve one another. Everyone should look for opportunity to serve. Amen? Not just to be served. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and Good deeds. When we love one another, we spur one another. When you meet each other, do you read the Bible? Oh, that day I listened to good sermon. Listen to this sermon. Oh, you know, you should go to mission trip with me. Spur one another to love Jesus more. Do good things to serve the Lord together. Don't come to see each other. You know, my wife, my husband, they are bad. They talk bad to me. I complain, complain about your pastor, talk bad all the time. No. You go and spur one another up to do the good things. Leave the bad things behind. You put your care to God and let God deal with it. Let God help you. But when you meet each other, always speak positive. Stir one another up to do the good deeds. Amen. Romans chapter 13, verse 7. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. We need to respect one another. Show respect to one another. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ also forgave you. We should forgive one another, be kind and compassionate to one another. That's the way we show love to one another. Somebody going to step on your toes in the church for sure. We are worshiping God in an international church. You're going to face some cultural differences that cause you to be shocked. Why they do this to me? I give you an example. Asian women may not like somebody to hug them. But maybe you come as a Latino culture. You go and you hug Asian woman. She may feel offended. Why are you hugging me? I don't like this. But that's... It's a cultural difference, and you need to forgive. You need to learn how to respect each other's culture and learn how to bear with one another. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Everyone say, live at peace. Any conflict in the church, make a choice. I will do everything with my full ability and by the power of the Holy Spirit to make peace in my church. I'm not going to bring the issue to another five people then gossip and cause this group of people to fight with this group of people. Amen? If you don't like me, you come talk to me. You don't go to Pastor Caesar and say, Pastor Caesar, Pastor Lau is wrong. Let's gang up together, have ten people and boycott him and get him out of the church. No, we don't do that. Be at peace. Live together at peace with one another. 
Titus chapter 2 verse 7, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In other words, to show love means to set good example to one another. If you love your brothers, you set good example. Why every Sunday I was standing out here? But why I'm standing there every Sunday, jump up and down and raise my hand to worship God? I want to show example to you. I am a Christian too. I'm a, a child of God. If you worship God, I worship God too. I'm not a great supernatural man that can sit in the, in the room and read my own sermon and drinking coffee during worship time. I need the presence of God too. I need to worship God like you. I set good example. We need to set good example to one another all the time. Amen? Every action, every move you move, every word you say, you remember this? I am setting good example to my brother and sister. Consciously, I am setting good example. Do I suck hearts? Do I say bad words? My eye contacts, my facial expression, do I set good example to brother and sister or I set bad example to brother and sister? You ask yourself all the time if you love your brother and sister. Amen? Wow, everyone loves this sermon, now. Huh? Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you. Our church are full of different backgrounds and nationalities and cultures. The Bible says, accept one another. We don't just have a click group. I'm Japanese, I'm going to talk only to Japanese. I am Korean, I'm going to speak only Korean. I'm Mandarin speaking, I speak only Mandarin speaking. I don't care about other people. No, you accept everybody. You speak to everybody. We need to love one another in the local church. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You walk into the church, you think, what can I bless you? I look for your interest, not only my own interest. Amen? First John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from our sin. Fellowship with one another. In other words, we need to learn how to set aside the time to fellowship with one another. Why do we have care groups? Because it's a time that we set aside. I and Pastor Da set aside every Friday evening. We have no other appointments. I don't set up surgery on Friday night. If I have to do surgery, I ask my patient, can I do on Saturday morning? Can you wait one more night? Because I have a care group to go. I need to fellowship with my brother and sister. And we grow more when we fellowship. Amen? If you don't prioritize to fellowship, then you will never set aside the time. You just go on and on and on, making money and watching movies, running all over the place. You will never meet your brother and sister. Everyone needs fellowship. Everyone needs encouragement. Having dinner together. Go out to the park to barbecue together. Amen? Hallelujah. So you learn today how to show love to one another. Let's practice what the Bible says. All of these things that I read to you is all in the Bible. Not my own idea. Our church wants to do what the Bible says. I want to tell you right now, as a pastor, that we're going to run the church to please God, not to please man. And the Bible is our standard. We're going to do what the Bible says. Even though people may not like it, we still do what the Bible says. Amen? The Bible is our textbook. We're going to follow the Bible. And I believe as we follow the Bible, we will do well. We will last to the end. 
our church will last until Jesus come back. We follow the Bible. Another thing that I'd like to share with you quickly before I close in prayer. Just want to encourage you. One thing that God spoke to me. Many things that we teach in our church is like building on from the foundation, building from precept upon precept. Many things I already taught 10 years ago. But thank God for the technology of MP3 that we record all the teaching. So I'd like to encourage all of you to discipline your time to listen to all the old teaching in this church. Like a student, you go to school, you study mathematics 101 and then 201 and 301, whatever. You build yourself from foundation up. We have the good teaching that build you up from foundation until today. If you are diligent to listen to those teachings, you can be strong. And when you listen to the new teaching, you can hook up right away. Many pieces join together. When I talk about demons, you understand right away what I'm talking about. 15, 17 CD about demons that I already preached 10 years ago. When we talk about the glory of God, falling under the power, everything is in the CD. You can listen. But I cannot keep saying the same thing again and again every Sunday. So you need to be diligent and study the Bible yourself. Go home, listen to the CD. In the car, listen to the CD. Study the Word of God. Amen? And you will have strong faith. And you will understand what God is doing in the church. And you will grow more faster. Amen? How many people promise God that we're going to love one another? Raise your hand up. How many people say, I will accept my brothers and sisters, no matter what? How many people say, I will forgive? How many people say, if they correct me, I will listen and obey? We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To a more gathered in your name, I live to you.